0: I mentioned last week to you that, uh, you know, other people can hold you back temporarily, but you're the only one that can do it permanently. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to hold myself back. Scripture says in Proverbs 19, 3, some people ruin themselves by their own stupid actions and then blame the Lord. Another translation says their own folly ruins their lives, and then their heart rages against the Lord. The blessing of each and every believer is dependent upon what that believer does with the things of God. Notice last week we talked about we're not pursuing a happy new year, we're pursuing a blessed bless, new year. Bless. Happiness is an emotion. It is fleeting based on circumstances and environment and even the people around you. Blessing is dependent upon one thing. your station in God because of the redemption of God. He has through Christ restored the blessing to you. So it's... The reality is, it rests on you tonight. Turn to somebody and smile with a big old smile and say, There's something on you tonight. It's the blessing. Now, what we have to learn to do is activate what that blessing will do. And there are example after example in scripture of how we do that. But it starts with honoring the fact that we have a a choice to make, Uh, we are free moral agents not just about going to heaven and hell. How many are glad you already made that decision? Woo! Yes. But there are more decisions to be made while you're on this planet. And one of them is to walk in the blessing, to pursue God and enjoy His blessedness. Yes, one day in the by and by. You know, some folks are saying, nah, I don't care about that blessing stuff, don't care about what God does, I just want to be blessed one day. Well, guess what? One of these days in heaven, you're going to be blessed whether you like it or not. That's right. yeah. So you might as well go ahead and get some practice now. When is the blessing on you? Now. When you accepted the Lord, it came with this invisible garment, this invisible entity. It is the the root where all the fruit comes from in your life, all the good things. But he said in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now what? Now choose life. A lot of people say, no, this is the way it is. You know, bad things keep on happening to me. God's against me. You never know what God's going to do. You know, it rains on the just and the unjust. Isn't it amazing how they quote scriptures but don't interpret them correctly? Let me help you out here. Rain is not a bad thing. Rain is a blessing of the Lord. You know, a westerner on the golf course says, oh, it rains on the just and the unjust. Rained out my golf game. No, that's not what we're talking about here. (laughs) We're talking about God is good to people who don't even deserve it. (laughs) That's the point. But when it comes to walking in the fullness of the blessing, we're talking about a choice here. And I've been in ministry long enough to see people who have actually had the same opportunity that you're receiving tonight and reject it to know exactly what needs to be done to go to the next level, to walk this thing out and walk in victory, and choose not to. I don't think they, they despise the Lord. I think in their hearts they love the Lord. But it's not about accepting Christ one day. It's about getting up every single day and choosing life and blessing yes. and walking that out. Galatians 3 tells us that we have been redeemed from the curse. Amen. Yes. Now, what we need to do is, as a result of that is choose every day in the direction of our redemption, Look at somebody and say, it matters, it matters what you choose. It's not just a one-time choice. It's what you do consistently. Uh, lordship of Jesus is not why I made Jesus my, my Lord and Savior. That's great and dandy, but did you obey Him today? Now it's getting real quiet already in here. You were the liveliest bunch in town a moment ago, but I mentioned Lordship. <laughs> you know what I think? I think the Wednesday night crash should still be excited about Lordship. Amen. That's the safest place you can be is under His Lordship, glory to God. There's no blessed year without knowing God's Word and then choosing consistently to do it. And so you have people that, uh, that know things and never act on them. But Hosea said this, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, lack of revelation knowledge. Some people know what to do, but don't do it. Some people don't know what to do. Well, guess what camp we're in tonight? We're in the camp of the people that know what to do. Yes. Yeah, we do. Look at somebody and tell them, you know better. Yes. <laughs> so now, if that's the case, then it's not about a lack of knowledge for us. It's about a choice. That's it. It's yes. choosing to line up with that. <clears throat> Having a blessed, prosperous, and successful new year is a choice. Shout that out with me. Having a blessed, a blessed and, and prosperous and blessed. New, year new year is a choice. And when you submit your life and will to God, you set yourself up for the best possible year. Now, to remind Bryce of what I just said from last week, you submit your life and your will daily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. yes. <laughs> I was going to send you an email just to remind you, but I... <laughs> If you weren't here, listen to that last week's message. You'll understand the context. Say it daily. Daily. Submitting my will, my my heart's desire, my my life life life. to Him. Now, I'm going to move on for this, but if you're not willing to do that, then you're not interested in walking in the blessing. Because I said, do what you want, live as you want to, and then God's just going to rubber stamp your life, and everything's going to be great. The reason you don't see as, as many blessed people as we should see, and I'm talking about the fullness of the blessing, is because they don't do that. They want a measure of the blessing, but they want to continue to call the shots and run their lives. See so with me, daily submitting my life and my will to Him. Now, if you do that from the heart and you're consistent in that, then you're going to see lots of different ways He'll manifest that blessing in your life. This year, I hear the Holy Ghost saying, unusual and different and never before experienced manifestations of the blessing in your life. Amen. Can you receive that? Yeah. Unusual, different, never before. I like that. I'm applying that right now to my life. Never before experienced manifestations of the blessing the in your life. Can you receive that today? Come on, said, I take it. take it. I receive it. And whether you say it verbally or not right here, make sure in your heart you grab these things. Yeah. Well, you know, when I came to church Wednesday night, fought hell to get here, put up with stupid people all day long, amen. Yeah. My hung- I got a hunger in my belly right now, but I'm sitting here and I just heard I can have unusual, amen, different, never before expected manifestations of the blessing. I'm taking it in Jesus' name. Yeah. I'm yeah. taking it out of here yeah. with me. That's the kind of that's the kind of person that receives from God. Yes. You're excited about it. You know, I didn't come up with this. Brother Hagel used to say this all the time. It's the word that you're excited about that's working for you. Yes. That you're what? Not whether the word is true, it is. Yes. Not whether you even believe it's true or not. But about you, but I'm glad I did it about the word that's coming to you. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I came tonight. I already told you that utterance is not dependent on the speaker. Does that make sense? So when I hear something come out of my spirit about never before experienced yes. manifestations of the blessing, Woo, yes. I know there's been a lot of manifestations of the blessing in this church. I can't wait to see what God does in your life oh, that you've never yeah. experienced before. Make sure you tell other people about it and brag on God about it. I hear I hear creative miracles. Yes. Yeah. Can you receive that tonight? Some of you say, well, I'm young in the faith. Could you explain that? Well, miracles could could apply to every kind of thing where God suspends physical forces and natural laws to accomplish something He wants to do. (laughs) Creative is where He actually takes His power to creatively replace and cause a manifestation of something that is missing or broken or damaged or less than perfect. And it shouldn't surprise us that He can do that. He is the creator God. And do you know that He never stopped creating? His word still goes forth out there and is still manifesting. We're the ones that put the limits on Him. This world needs to see that God is still performing creative miracles. Not for man's glory, not for man's TV show, not to be recorded on film, but for God to what? To be magnified and glorified in these last days. Confirming His Word with signs following. following. So if I'm going to put never before experienced manifestations of the blessings next to creative miracles, I'm starting to get a picture of what this year is looking like. Amen. Amen. Can you receive it? Well, you know, um, just as a a teachable moment, um, why would someone like that react that way? Because there's a difference between you hearing the words and something exploding on the inside of you where it's real. That's when you begin to see these things manifest in your life. And faith cometh by what? Hearing. hearing and hearing by Lord the Word. God. That's why we teach and preach the uncompromised Word of God. Yes. Because if you'll be honest and you'll be open with what God's trying to do, there will be an explosion on the inside of you and you'll never be the same. Right. I believe I believe that's the, that's the way this year is. Glory yeah. to God. Lord. So what do you choose to have a blessed year? We talked about this. First of all, you choose to serve the Lord and you do it every day. You choose to forget the past. That doesn't mean that you cognitively can't remember. What this means and what Paul was talking about is I didn't lose the ability. A man with the equivalent of three or four PhDs and spoke probably half a dozen languages didn't suddenly become stupid about the things he had done. What he said, though, is I'm going to press towards what I'm going forward for. That high calling in God, that mark. And I'm going to forget those things which are behind and some of y'all need to do some supernatural forgetting. That means you no longer let them control your life. That's right. Amen. Everybody in here has made mistakes. Yes. Everybody in here has been through it. Yes. Some of y'all have been through it more than others. Some of y'all are still going through it. But it's time to let that stuff go and stop letting your life be affected and redirected and misdirected by the things that have happened in the past. I tell you this, it doesn't change anything. If you, through it all, still have confidence and faith in Jesus Christ, the blessing is still there and it's still going to work in your life. No matter whether you have five years or a hundred years to live, it's still working. Amen. 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 The devil does his best to lie to us and tell us, well, it's over for us. You know, it didn't happen what was supposed to happen. Hey, you'll see a lot of people in the Bible that probably thought the same way, but God came through. I said he came through. He knows what he's doing. Choose to serve the Lord. Choose to forget the past. Choose to love intentionally. 1 Corinthians 13. You're going to run into honorary people? And What's your job? Walk in love. Stay out of strife. Stay out of offense. Stay out of bitterness. Say that with me. Stay out of strife. Stay out of of offense. Stay out of bitterness. Why, there's no way to walk in the fullness of the blessing with that junk in your heart. That's the first problem. The second problem is we never get into unforgiveness and bitterness, amen, and offense and strife without sucking somebody else into our vortex. So number one, you compromise your own blessing. In an effort to get pity, and an effort to get attention and an effort for you to somehow, you know, throw up on somebody else, now you're compromising their blessing. Now you tell me there's a bitter person spewing on somebody else. Do they really love that person? Don't well, let me tell you, the person that loves you is the one who will help you walk in the fullness of the blessing, not destroy your potential for walking in the blessing. Does that make sense? You don't have time for it. Learning somebody and smile. You don't have time For strife, bitterness, and unforgiveness, and offense. Though the opportunities are always there, aren't they, church? It's amazing how many opportunities we have to get bitter. But the person, you know, that desires the fullness of the blessing says, no, I just don't have time for that. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm older than I look. But regardless, I just don't have the time for it anymore. Amen. Amen? Does that make sense? You've got to get to the place where you're not going to give that kind of power to people. You're not going to let the devil cause you to stumble in true. your walk because of what they do or say. That's right. Amen. Amen? I was telling the staff this morning at prayer meeting that my sister has been writing and meditating on this book for years. Amen? God is good and people are crazy. You just have to come to that conclusion. The people being crazy doesn't change the fact that God is good. Come on, raise your hand if you've ever had somebody in your life that you know was certifiable. That's just the way it is. You ran across <laughs> them, you dealt with them. Aren't you glad you have forgiveness? Does that make sense? How many glad it didn't stop you from moving forward in God. Only if you let it. Choose to love intentionally. Choose to walk by faith because this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith Amen. We know how faith comes, and we're told four times in Scripture, the just shall live by faith. Amen. We get up by faith. We go to sleep by faith. We go to work by faith. Amen. We go to church by faith. Amen. We live by faith. We run our marriages and our finances and our job and our work, everything by faith. faith. Turn to somebody and tell them it's a, it's a lifestyle. You want a blessed life? Then you can live by faith. There is no way to connect to a supernatural force like the blessing without faith. There's no way. You know, so what do I do? Well, read all the scriptures about the blessing and the favor of God. Read all about what God, you know, desires to do, you know, in your life. Um, It's amazing. Just read all the stories of all the ways that God manifested that blessing throughout time. He has always been and he will always be blessing minded towards you. That's the way he was with Adam and Eve. And he was so blessed minded he sent Jesus to restore the blessing to your life. He paid the high price for the blessing of God to be restored to your life. Turn to somebody's mind and say, he just wants you blessed. He just wants you blessed. Now, I want you to go over to Psalm 1. and this last principle, choose to focus on the word of God. The blessing and the fullness of the blessing and having a blessed new year has everything to do with the Word of God. Now, I want to read this to you, and then I want to point out this progression that's so critical for you. Uh, because faith comes by me hearing, hearing by the Word of God, there is no walking in the fullness of the blessing without the relationship with the Word of God. That's right. That's true. Little Sunday school lesson won't do, coming to church a couple times a month, won't do. It's what you do consistently with the Word of God that matters. Why? I'm gonna tell you this. Um, raise your hand if you really wanna see a whole new level of walking in the blessing this year in your life and family. Yeah. Then you make sure you focus on the bookend scriptures of Psalm one and Joshua one, and you listen to what God is saying in those scriptures. And we're going to do that tonight. We're going to to put this manifestation of the blessing in bookends. And if you'll be faithful to apply what they teach us. Amen. You're about to have things happen you've never seen before happen in your life. Glory to God. Can you receive that? Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. It's a pretty good way to start. doesn't say cursed is the man. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, thinking of their thoughts and counsel, stand in the way of sinners, um, you know, what they actually would do, a person's way of life, a person's manner of life is their behavior, their lifestyle. How many know some Christians live a lifestyle that is holy and right? And some Christians do not. Yeah. The man that's blessed is not a person who's compromising in their personal life. But he goes on to say, blesser is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Here you have people who are using their mouth to contradict, to undermine, you know, what the word says. Use your mouth to agree with what God says. You know, they can mock all they want to, but in the end, it's what you believe. Amen. So don't let somebody around you mock you out of the blessing. Amen. Mock you out of God's best. They mock about the return of the Lord. I got do this for you. He's still coming back. All the mockery throughout the generations is not going to stop him from coming back. Amen. And all the mocking of you by other people, even family members, cannot stop you unless you let it. You let it bounce off of you. Come on, say it. It's going to bounce off of me and not take root. And I've been in this long enough to know that some of you really get hit by people. They think, they, you know, they're trying to do you a service, trying to correct you, help you see the light. Right. The problem is somebody in darkness can't help you see the light. That's right, that's right. So, little a mock. <laughs> you know what you do? You just keep on growing and shining. <laughs> you know, you know that a, that a wolf can, uh, can howl at the moon and the moon never once said, you know what, I'm just going to turn off the light. No, you just keep on shining. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and what? Day and night. Now here, two factors here. What you do with the word of God. I've already said it, so let me say it again. Your relationship with the word of God, what you do with the word of God is the primary factor to how blessed your life is. And I don't mean playing with this. I don't mean paying attention to the world out there who tries to marginalize everything. It means you have such a high view of this word that its integrity is so clear in your mind and heart that these are absolute truths. Amen. They're true throughout all of time. Yes. They're true throughout all seasons and all manners of life. True for all people, regardless of background, gender, race, color, creed. They're true. Absolute truth. Yes. And when you have that conviction, now you have a foundation for seeing the things the Bible actually promises coming to pass in your life. I want to tell you this. If you still believe in a high view of Scripture, if you still believe in the integrity of the Word of God, if you still believe these are absolute truths, Right and correct for all time, throughout all generations. And in fact, the Bible speaks of it being absolute truth through all generations, throughout all eternity. It's not just true for the earth, it's true forever. If you still believe the Bible is infallible and without error, you are in a very tiny, tiny minority, even of the modern body of Christ. That's okay, because you'll be the part that gets blessed. That's right. Say blessed. 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 Why? Because that is what is required. That's what you see here. I'm not going to pay any attention to the council or their way or their mocking or their words or their philosophy. What I'm going to do is first and foremost, I am going to delight in the Word of God. Now, write this down if you haven't gotten this into your spirit yet. It means what you derive the greatest pleasure from. To delight in in the law, to delight in the word of God is to understand and apply the principle that it's where I get my greatest delight and pleasure from. Now, you may say, well, I read it begrudgingly or, you know, sometimes I do it out of beauty. Well, you're not there yet then. Sure. Yeah. You'll still have some things happen in your life because God is good. How many know God is good even when we're not? We're not talking about just a smattering here, hit miss, we're talking about walking in the fullness of the blessing, have a blessed new year. You've got to treat this as absolute truth, have the highest view of scripture, but then you have to actually be a person that delights in the word of God. It's not a drudgery. It's not just something you do because you feel like it's a, a duty or we talk about the Word all the time. We talk about the Word all the time because it's the key to your victory. That's why we talk about the Word all the time. Man's philosophy doesn't matter. Man's agenda doesn't matter. Amen. What a church thinks, what a denomination thinks isn't, isn't But what you do with this Word is... So the first key is for the foundation of this is absolute truth. It is true throughout all generations and throughout all time, throughout all the eternity. Heaven and earth will pass away. My word will never pass away. Then you become a person with that foundation who begins to delight in it. You open up your Bible and you read something and it explodes in you. You write it in a journal in a notebook. You're so thrilled you found that, Amen. Yes. You're thrilled with what you're finding out. It's not a drudgery. That's right. That makes sense. Yes. I love it when my wife teaches on healing. Yeah. yeah. And she's about to. She just found that out right now. <laughs> well, all right. Because <laughs> we're gonna have more healing. Yes, we are. Yes. Yes, I we said are. more healing. Yes, we are. Woo. But one of the things yes. she will do is exhaustively take you through the Bible. Okay. Healing, 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 healing. And the novice Uh and the carnal Christian will sit there and go, another scripture? (laughs) Another one? Is she going to read every healing application in the Bible? Just might. But you want to know why? And you want to know what will happen? Faith comes by hearing. And every time I've seen this happen, the, the expectation is so big at that point in time, people can't wait to have hands laid on them That's right. yeah. or lay hands on somebody else to be used of God. And I've watched this through the years. I have seen incurable diseases that God has healed as she laid hands on people. Yeah. There's an unction there. Say there's an unction, there's an unction. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. But the really important thing and the foundation of all that is is such a high degree of delight for the Word of God. Say it, I delight in the Word of God. Sometimes you run across something that just really blesses you because it's a promise or it's an encouragement or it's a comfort. We've all been through times and seasons where we need the Word to speak to us where we are. Aren't you glad there's something in there for every season of life, no matter what you experience? Sometimes, though, you run across the correction. Do you know what the Christian who set up to be fully blessed, what their reaction is to a scripture that pricks their hearts? They delight in it. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes. You, Lord. yes. Not close the Bible and pretend they didn't read it. <laughs> you know what you should do in church when a scripture pricks your heart? Or the Holy Ghost convicts you? Yes. You should delight in it. Are you crazy, preacher? Delight in correction. Yeah. Yeah. Delight in conviction. Yes. You want me to, to delight when I'm being corrected. Yes. You'd be amazed how you would soar the things of God yes. if instead of getting sore when you're corrected, yes. you delight in it. Yes. Amen. You should be saying, sock to me, sock to me, to me is what you should be saying. You should be saying, I want some more, I want some more, I want some more. Yes. If you understood what was going on. You didn't have a revelation of that correction by accident. No. That's right. That's right. And you're not here tonight by accident. No. Right. Say, I delight, I delight in, the word, in the word, the promises, the, promises, the, comfort, the comfort, the wisdom, the, wisdom the, direction, the direction, and I delight in the correction. No, no, no. I, I delight in the promises. I'm confessing the promises. You better delight in all of it yes. if you want to have a blessed new year. And a lot of people will do that. They'll, they'll get through these things and then they'll find some guys dealing with it and they'll sit it over here and pretend that God didn't talk to them. You know what I found out? God has a long memory. And he never forgets what he corrected you about. And then, when you get real serious because you're real frustrated because things aren't working out, and you dive into an intense time of prayer, do you know the first thing he's going to say? You remember what I told you four to five years ago? Yeah, go back. Remember what I told you 20 years ago? You're like, Shazam! Uh, don't be surprised. After all, he has got. Turn to somebody and say, He never forgets. A seed sown, sown. but it never forgets a correction given. given. Amen. Amen. (laughs) You You should love the Word. You should love what the Word says here. But when it talks about delighting, not just in the parts that you like, Mm -hmm. that your flesh likes, Mm -hmm. because it's all good. It's It's all anointed. And we've already resolved the fact it's absolute. It's all absolute truth. Now, the second thing about this is not just delighting; it's meditating on it day and night. Okay, let's just take for granted first of all that you have accepted it as absolute truth. Say so, I believe, I believe the, word God, the Word of God categorically Categorical. is absolute truth, absolute. all times, all, all time. seasons, all, all seasons. peoples, all, all, peoples, all, 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 generations, all, all generations, generations, all nations. It's absolute. And it's eternal, isn't it? That's a good place to be. A lot of people in this modern world are not there. And then you made a decision tonight, you're going to delight in what? All of it. You're going to derive your greatest pleasure from it. When you're reading the Bible and a promise just explodes in your heart, you're going to have great delight. When you're reading the Bible and he convicts you, you're still going to have great delight. But this other concept that's mentioned here is is very, very specific. You meditate day and what? And night. Now, to understand this, it means you're actually rolling this over in your mind, thinking about it, but you're also, in the Hebrew sense, you're actually muttering it to yourself. Does that make sense? Anybody here talk to themselves? <laughs> yes. You're already do. But unfortunately, most of the time you're talking things that are unbiblical self-destructive, what you what you actually ruminate or roll over in your mind all the time and you mutter out of your mouth, uh, those are things consistent with the Word of God. And you do this not just on a few days a week or a church service, but you do it when? Throughout the day and throughout the night. You wake up in the morning like David. God's still with you. His Scripture's still with you. His Word is still with you. So it's treating the Scriptures as absolute truth, having a high view of the integrity of the Scripture. It's delighting in all of it. Say all of it. All Say it again. Say all of it. all of it. And it's meditating day and night. Now, how many you willing to accept that challenge? Yes. If that's the case, then you can claim the promises of the book of Psalms in Psalm 1. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and we we'll go going to read this all, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does, prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment or sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will what? Aren't you glad he's looking after you? Now understand this. If you're not careful, you see these statements as isolated. You know, punctuated. What I want you to see tonight by the Spirit of God is that this is a progression. A progression to what? To the fullness of the blessing in your life. Now, let me say this before we go any further. This says that if you will do these things, the progression leads to you prospering in this life. Does that make sense? Somebody comes at you and says, well, I just don't believe in all that prosperity stuff. I just don't believe in all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. You already made several difficult but high quality decisions in your life and they have no say so about it. You decided to treat the word as absolute. You decided to what? Delight in the word of God, what you liked about it and what you did, and what your flesh could receive and what it didn't like. Amen. And you decided to meditate day and night. They're not in the boat with you. That's right. Amen. They don't get to say anything about whether you prosper or not. That's right. This is the word of God. You already decided it's absolute. That's it. You are decided you're gonna delight in what it says. And if this hits you tonight, when you realize God does want things to go well for you, you'll get thrilled tonight. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So you've done all this, and somebody's over here taking pot shots at you. So you're one of those faith people, you're one of those Bible people, one of those spirit-filled people, one of them tongue-talking people, one of those prosperity people. Guess what? Yes, say amen. The word is absolute. I delight in it and I meditate on day and night and you're not going to take it away from me in Jesus' name. So just sit your little religious self down. And get out of my way. Because it's not about what they do. But those voices are out there. And collectively, they just need to get a life. Instead of coming after yours. Amen. Say, I have a high view of scripture. I delight in the Word of God, and I meditate on it day and night. Therefore, no one has any right to say anything about the consequences of you having such a high view of Scripture and what you do with it. This stuff doesn't come to somebody as easy believism. You have to stand your ground. You have to be faithful in this. Do You know the Lord is watching for faithful. Some of you, it's just like this. The hand of God is just like this, ready to come down on your life with every kind of good thing you can imagine. You're just looking and waiting and and watching to see how faithful you're going to be. And through hell on earth and through terrible experiences and through trauma and betray, through the through the Judas kiss, you continue to be faithful to God and you caught the attention of the Lord. How dare somebody else judge you for the fruit of your faithfulness? It's time just to kick those folks out of your consciousness and say you believe what you'll want to. But the psalmist doesn't stutter when he tells you that your life is going to prosper if you have such a high view of Scripture. It's time just to say to people, take it up with the master. You You know the one who said that he came to give abundant life and life, amen, overflowing in abundance. Take it up with him, amen. And let me just drag myself today to, to some of you who have really had to fight the, the good fight. You've been, you've been through some things. I want to tell you this. I don't pay any attention to the theological argument over Job. I just love to see what God did in the end. Yes. The double for your trouble. Yes. You want to know why? Because no matter what a faith person goes through, if they have a high view of Scripture, they delight in the Word of God, are you here? And they, they meditate day and night based on whatever revelation they have, in the end, you know what's going to happen? God's going to turn around. I am prophesying this is your year of the turnaround. Say it's my year. Turnaround. I'm going to see the more in Jesus name. So what does he promise here? First of all, that you'll be stable. <laughs> is that important? Yes, God loves stable, boring Christians. God. Stable, planted, established, fixed, grounded. You know, some folks do revolve for a season, but then, you know, they, they get into a tiff about something or they get deceived or whatever it is. They just pick up their little roots and they just go somewhere else. And put them over here. And then the same thing happens again. And they wonder why they never have any fruit. Said, I am stable. stable. You know, when all those folks departed from Jesus when he was preaching about his body and his blood, Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, are you all going to leave too? And Peter, as much as a loud mouth, amen, as he can be, he said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Once again, that didn't come from His flesh. You have the words of what? Of eternal life. No, I just think I'll be stable and consistent here. Grounded. Amen. Immovable. Always abounding in the things of God. So when you are a person that has a high view of Scripture and you delight in the Word of God, amen, both the correction, the commands, and the promises, hallelujah, and you, you meditate day and night on that Word, you're going to be stable. Yes. Now, I'm not picking on anybody tonight. I'm just simply telling you as an as observation through the years based on Scripture, when I see flaky Christians, it tells me they do not have a high view of Scripture or they don't delight in it or they're not meditating on it because what is produced in you is stability. The ability to be counted on, you're constant. And gentlemen, wives need you to be constant. Yes. Wives, your husbands and your kids need you to be constant. Yes. Moms and dads, your kids need you to be constant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass them tonight, but I just, uh, I call them as I see them. If you haven't figured that out by now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've noticed a you know, that when parents get a hold of these things and won't turn loose of them, it just doesn't affect them. It affects their kids. Now, I know as pastor that Rodney and Kelly have been through some things. We've Been here what now? Since Methuselah, right? <laughs> right after we came, I believe, right? 99. And... um. They they've done something that a lot of people don't do despite anything. They have just maintained that walk with God and kept their roots firmly fixed and planted. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, it is true that Ellie and 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 that Dylan and you know and that Tyler have to make up their own decisions. But it's a lot easier for someone in a family to make the kind of decision when they've seen that kind of stability and consistency. And the impact and what? The result and fruit of that. So I'm just telling you guys, hang in there. Don't give up. Amen. And if you think he's doing something with Ellie and Tyler, wait till God gets done using Dylan. Let me help you out here, parents. The degree and level of warfare against your child is directly proportional to the anointing and the call of God on their life. Don't give up on them. Come on, said I, I refuse to give up, to give up on, anyone. on anyone. Glory to God. Now, there are lots of things that I could say, but I'm telling you that stability, consistency. It's Sunday morning as a family. What are we going to do? What do we do? We don't have a discussion. We don't have a debate. Do you know there are people I've known in the body of Christ, 30, 40 years later, they're still having that debate on Sunday morning. Now I'm starting to get into that meddling anointing that occasionally I fall into. That, that a meddling anointing. <laughs> there's no debate. And a lot of you on Wednesday night, you made the same decision. There is no debate. you know, As long as I'm physically able to I'm not working, guess what? I'm gonna be under the work. There are simple things that you do that, that impact you and future generations just by that stability that you demonstrate. Say it, there's no argument. There's still people, you know, years and years and years later, still debating every single time a bucket passes. Yep. To give or not to give? To tithe or not to tithe? And it's the same fight that's been there for years. It's time for you just to, what? To delight in the Word of God yes. and be stable. Because yes. stable, boring Christians who are there through the years, through the decade, and are consistent with what God's told them to do, they're candidates for the overflow For a blessed year. I mean, you have to think, what is God still, still dealing with me about that I refuse to yield to? And you can rationalize it all you want to. Does that make sense? Let me help you out here. A Christian who rationalizes is not a Christian who is stable. That's true. So first I'm stable. Number two, I'm nourished. Which means I'm being fed. I have the proper nutrition. It means that I have the proper, you know, water coming in. I'm planted. Not out there in a dry desert. But I'm actually being nourished. Y'all remember those Snickers commercials that came out? Yeah. And a person opening scene is, is a monster. <laughs> they're the worst version of themselves. Because what? They're, they're hangry. Which means they're angry because they're hungry. Say they're hungry. So yeah, they're hungry. They're hangry. You talk about a great blog, amen? <laughs> the hangry Christian. And they're not kind and loving and gracious and merciful because they've not been getting nourished. I'm stable, but I'm also what? I'm nourished going back to what is nourishing me, back to meditating day and night. Amen. Now, how many can just be honest about it that that you tend to be less than gracious and kind and loving when you've not been feeding properly on God's presence and His Word? Oh, Brother Art, I'm stable. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not your best version of yourself. Hallelujah. Number three, you're fruitful, which means that you're bearing fruit in... All seasons of life, well into the old age, God's still using you. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, but we're also talking about the fruit of a Christian being the impact on other people and winning people to Christ and discipling people to Christ. You're fruitful. But uh, that's not going to happen if you're not nourished. That's not going to happen unless you're stable, and that's not going to happen if you're not meditating day and night. Number four is resilient, whose leaf does not wither. My leaf doesn't wither. Everybody say resilience. That's a wonderful thing to get punched in the gut and you're able to keep going spiritually. Amen. Say it. No matter what, I'm going to serve God. Say it again. No matter what, I'm serving God. Uh, Whether it's a storm or an opposition or a persecution or attack or a misunderstanding or whatever it is, you are resilient. Your leaf does not wither. You're there year after year after year after year all because you made the quality decision to honor the Word of God in your life. Yes. Next, it says that you are actually prosperous or successful. Say, I'm successful. I am successful. Yes. Now watch this. In dealing with this appropriately and treating this thing as a progression, you're stable because of your relationship with the Word of God. And that produces a person who is nourished. A person who is nourished is a person who becomes fruitful. A person who is fruitful is a person who is resilient throughout all years and generations of your life. And a person who's resilient who just keeps going is going to walk in the fullness of the blessing. At the end of that promise is that person will prosper. Say, I prosper because I am resilient, fruitful, nourished and stable. Because I have a high view of the Word of God. It is absolute. Amen. It is the truth. And what you do is you delight in that and you're in it day and night meditating. Now, I'm going to say it again. You are serious about your walk with God. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Because you're doing something to actually cultivate a life that is blessed. Like in, the, in the same manner, we think about Joshua's prescription for a blessed year. I want you to go to Joshua 1. And uh, who has uh, hearing ears tonight? I yeah. yeah. I just want to read a few verses here then make some uh, comments about it. I said earlier that Psalm 1 and Joshua 1 are your bookends for a blessed and successful life. Say it with me, bookends. Bookends. And they both teach a similar principle. After the death of Moses, verse one, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of none, Moses, aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people will get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. In other words, you're not going to sit there and pine and grieve the rest of your life away. Right. You've got a job to do. You've lost somebody to death. Your job is not over. No one, listen, no one was closer to Moses than Joshua. No one his mentor, his father, gone. Everything. He was the one outside the tent of meeting when everybody else was doing their thing, getting into sin. He was there faithfully tending the man of God all those years. No one felt this more than Joshua, but God did not give him permission to pine his life away. Moses did not mentor you, Joshua, for you to throw your life down in grief. There's a word there for somebody tonight if he'll take it. Say it with me. He still has a plan for my life. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon from the great river of the Euphrates all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life no one can stop you from being blessed no one but of course you as I was with Moses I will be with you I'll never leave you nor forsake you Aren't you glad about that word tonight? God doesn't do a disappearing act on you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Say Prosperous. Prosperous and 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 successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Well, I sure wish the Lord would talk to me like he just did, Joshua. In speaking to Joshua and God sovereignly recording this, he is talking to you tonight. Same God, same voice, always anointed, always true. Why? Because we have a high view of scripture. Amen. We get a hold of this. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. No one is able to stop you. Shout it out. No one is able to stop me. Here's what he said to him in just four simple principles. And I want to talk about a little bit about his accomplishments tonight before we release you. Number one, keep your spiritual courage. Be strong and courageous. He is told why the blessing is faith activated. You cannot be in faith and in fear at the same time. Shout that out with me. The blessing, the blessing is, is faith, faith activated. activated. There's no faith. It won't be activated the way it's supposed to be in your life. Fear will not activate it. Indifference will not activate it. Religion will not activate it. It must be a spirit of faith about you. One thing we know about Joshua and Caleb, unlike the other 10 spies, they had what? A spirit of faith. And he still has it on this very day. Number two, keep a clear vision. The goal is to inherit the land, all of it. You got to see beyond the limitations, the challenges, the circumstances. See behind, you know, beyond everything you're going to face as a leader. Why? Write this down. The blessing is vision activated. It needs something to act on. A clear vision. What God has told you to do. That blessing is faith activated. That blessing is vision activated. Here's the big picture, Joshua. This is what you're going to spend your days doing you're going to bring my people into their promised land. You're here tonight and you're going to bring other people into the promised land as well. Vision hasn't changed. It's just an eternal heavenly destination and not across some river. Nothing has changed. Say it. The blessing blessing is is. faith activated. activated. Say it. The blessing blessing is. is vision activated. Number three, keep speaking the word. This is what meditation is all about. Thinking about and then speaking it out of one's mouth. Keeping it proceeding out of your mouth in faith. When you read that, don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. It doesn't mean shut up. It means don't stop speaking the word. And when your heart is full and you're meditating on things, guess what? Out of the abundance of the heart, the New Testament teaching of Jesus... Out of the of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the meditation and the filling of the heart and the release of that out of the mouth come consistently. But it's gonna take some time for you to make sure your heart is filled with what? With the good things. Because the principle is true. If you fill your your heart with garbage, garbage is gonna come out. But we're talking about the blessing. So say this with me again: the blessing is faith activated, it's vision activated. And number three, this principle here about you believing and you speaking out of your mouth, the blessing is voice activated. Some of you are just just short of seeing God exploding things in your life, but you've got to learn to keep your mouth under control. Mm -hmm. Bible says that the the fool's mouth is his undoing. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Talking in ignorance, talking in contrary to the word of God, talking out of love, talking out of turn. Let me help you out. A blessed mouth does not go around talking about other people. That's right. And there's a very good reason for it. Number one, it's, it's not love. But a person who has understood these principles understands I'm not going to compromise my blessing for the liberty of talking ugly about somebody else. That's true. That's right. Are you here today? That's right. And we're living in a world that loves to do this. Yes. And some Christians love to do it. But I have never met a single person who did this that was blessed in the fullness of their life. They may have certain things that were going well for them, but the ones that are truly walking in the fullness of the blessing have learned to curb their mouth. Why are they filled with that stuff? Because that's what they meditate on. Amen. But you've been meditating on the Word of God. You're delighted in the Word of God. And so guess what? The blessing is voice-activated. Don't ever say anything about yourself that's not biblical. Limit your words to what God said, no matter how you feel. Yeah, but I I didn't ask you how you feel. What does the word say about you? You can feel discouraged. You can feel depressed. You can feel slighted, injured, hurt, betrayed. But you have to make a conscious decision that I'm going to speak out of my mouth what God says over this situation. I am not giving power to circumstance or environment. The word trumps circumstance and environment. Yes. Yes. Say it with a blessing. the blessing. It's voice, it's voice activated. So, what should I say? Agree with what it says. Yes. Agree with the Word of God. You're doing these things. Now you're bearing much fruit and you're, you're resilient. Amen. God wants to prosper your life. Walk around with a blessing mindset. Say it with me I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I can't be cursed. I can't. I've been redeemed from the curse. Say, I've been redeemed from the curse. What does that leave? It only leaves the blessing. Amen. I've been redeemed from spiritual death, sickness and disease, and poverty. Amen. Yes. Amen. So be careful out there when you come across something and you say, Well, we just can't afford that. Wrong thing to say. It's true. You say, In Jesus' name, according to the word of God, I can believe for anything. South Korea is is an amazing example of what happens when people get on the Word of God in their hearts and their mouths. It's an absolute miracle what's taking place in South Carolina, spiritually, economically, the whole nine yards. But how did Dr. Cho start before he built a church of almost two million people before he went home to be with the Lord? He started with these principles, believing in his heart and saying with his mouth. He saw himself in vision and form. He meditated on the scriptures he found to believe God for a bicycle didn't have a nickel to rub with a, with a piece of dirt, if you understand what I'm saying to you. And he saw it, and he saw it, and he believed it, and he would talk it, and people would laugh at him. Oh, that's right, you know. There's no food out here, you know. We go through dumpsters, you know. We go through these massive, you know, you know garbage areas just to find some scraps of food. You're talking about having a, a brand new bicycle. But guess what? He got it. And he got a bed. And it all went from there. What's one the, what I'm saying to you? He started with a bicycle. Then built the biggest church in the history of Christianity. That's right. It's voice activated. And some of y'all are here today and you, you believe, you know this is true, but you're your own worst enemy. Yeah. Instead of activating what? The blessing with your voice, you keep tying yourself back to the curse with the words that you say. That's it. You're blessed, so talk blessed. Say, I am, blessed, I am blessed, so I'm going to talk blessed. Well, isn't that, isn't that deception? No, it's only deception if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. It's only a lie if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. See, God's definition of truth and lie are very different from people. People look at something in reality, and the reality is different from the Word of God, so they go with the reality, and they call the person who defers to the Word of God to say, deceived or a liar. No, you're never a liar or deceived to hold on to the Word of God. Give enough time, it will always manifest. Some people may think we're liars because we talk about the second coming of Christ. But guess what? When He comes, it'll be proven that what? Our reality is based on what? The Word of God. You were wrong. Because you were paying attention to only what your senses could see. Faith doesn't look at the circumstances. Faith doesn't tell time. Faith doesn't look at the calendar. Can I have an amen? Amen. Keep doing the Word, number four. Keep speaking the word, but keep doing the word. Do the things you have revelation about. Be doers and not hearers only. The blessing is faith activated, vision activated, and voice activated. The blessing is also obedience activated. When it came to push and shove, Joshua, guess what? You gotta do what I told you to do. Said, I gotta do what he told me to do. And you may be doing really well, but at the end of the day, when you get down to obeying or not obeying, that is the rub there to see a really prosperous and blessed new year. You got to hear from what he says and then do. It goes back to Deuteronomy 28, hearkening, hearing yeah. with an attitude. It's a very powerful word that King James used there. Hear with what? An attitude to do it, not hear it and let it go in one ear and out the other. Say it with me, the blessing blessing. in my life life. is faith activated, vision activated, activated, voice activated, and obedience activated. Now, I'm telling you that if you will get a hold of these four principles from Psalm 1 and Joshua 1, no one can stop you all the days of your life. If it worked for him, it'll work for you. So what about Joshua as we close this down? Well, first of all, he was successful in organizing all those people. They were like herding cats. But he was able to successfully move them in to the promised land. He crossed the Jordan. Jordan stepped into the promise, something Moses wasn't able to do. He accomplished it, getting them into that promised land. He defeated and dedicated Jericho. Jericho's interesting. It's a 12-foot slope of walls that's the base of these walls like this. Then there's 25, 26 feet straight up like this. Then there's another grid like that is about a 45 degree. It goes on to about 14, 15 feet and then another 25 feet tall. One archaeologist said when you were when you were walking around those walls seven times, right? And you looked up he said it looked like a 10 story building to you. There was no getting in. There was no taking those walls down but God. Amen. And all they did was what? Be faithful. Six days they were told to shut up. You know why they were told to shut up. They would have destroyed it. And on the seventh day, what did they do? They marched and shouted, and the walls came down. Now, people who would say that's just a myth, they took battering rams. First of all, getting a battering ram up there would have been next to impossible. First layer of wall, 25 feet high. Second layer of wall, that high going higher. Um, but when archaeologists discovered Jericho, guess what they found? They didn't find the walls on the inside of the perimeter. They found the walls that had fallen outside the perimeter. Battering rams do not knock blocks out. They knock them in. It happened exactly as God said. Say it with me. He was successful. After the destruction of Ai, he, uh, he destroyed Ai after that initial problem because somebody Achan took some of the spoils of the dedicated city of Jericho but dealt with it and God gave him victory. He made a false, uh, a wrong treaty with Gibeonites and then had to go defend them against five Amorite kings and defeated them. And that's the day the sun stood still just so he could keep the promises of God and keep that covenant. Listen to this. He conquered the land east of the Jordan and west of the Jordan. Listen to this. He defeated 31 kings. Say <laughs> 31. 31. Then he divided the land. And he gave it according to what God had told him. All the territories accounted for, all the tribes accounted for. Manasseh have tribe on one part and Manasseh on the other part and then from from tribe to tribe. And they have been there since he died in the year 1245 BC. This is what I'm saying to you. Israel has had that land for 3,245 years. It does not belong to Hamas. (laughs) How long have we been in this land? Not even 300 years. Let me say it again. Over 3,000 years they've occupied that land. It's been theirs. It belongs to them. Despite the dispersion, despite their enslavement, guess what? It is theirs by right of God. What happens? And even when he was done getting older, God's like, you know what? There's still some territories to conquer. So here's what God said in Joshua chapter 13. I'm going to go take care of that myself. That's the word for you tonight. Some of you have fought and you fought and you fought and you're tired and you don't know how it's going to be won. God came in personally and drove those nations out. Not with his army, with his hand, And he is still able to do the same thing today. When you honor God, he'll intervene for you. His final message was, y'all need to choose whom you're going to serve. You want to serve the, the gods of the Amorites that we drove out? But he said, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to do what? Serve. We are going to serve the Lord. Psalm 119, verse 30, I've chosen the way of truth. I've set my heart on your laws. That's the way you need to be. How do you activate the blessing, church? Faith. Faith, faith how else? Vision, Vision how else? Your voice, how else? Obedience. 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 Is He the same God tonight that Joshua had as the God? Yes. Yes, amen. Glory to God. Different, unusual, and never seen before in your life. Breakthroughs are coming in Jesus' name. Can you receive that tonight? Give Him a hand clap and thank Him for it.